Welcome to Syracuse University Talks Business, a collaborative podcast about the innovations, challenges, and opportunities in the modern business world and their impact on other industries. This podcast is produced by the Whitman School of Management at Syracuse University. I'm Jenna Lique. Today's conversation joins together mental health with the world of business. ADHD, or Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, is considered to be one of the most common neurodevelopmental disorders according to the CDC. The audio used in this episode is from a webinar titled ADHD and its Connection to Entrepreneurship, which was held virtually on May 11th and further discussed how this disorder affects those interested in or working in entrepreneurship. The talk was moderated by Laura Marion, a last-term undergraduate student at the Harvard University Extension School, interested in independent research on neurodiversity. The other two guest speakers were Albert Chair and Professor of Entrepreneurship, Johan Wicklund, and Professor of Entrepreneurial Practice, John Torrance, who was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. Professor Wicklund starts us off with three points that bring together ADHD and entrepreneurship. The first is being an outlier. Entrepreneurship is particularly valuable for outliers. We can see that people who are outliers along any dimension are typically attracted to entrepreneurship. That applies to people with ADHD, as we found in our research. It also um, applies to people with disabilities. It also applies to recent immigrants and so forth. People that are along some dimension um, outliers, you know, an immigrant who doesn't speak the language, for example, or a person with a disability. For example, just to give you one factoid, we know that people with a disability are about twice as likely to run their own business compared to people without a disability here in the U.S. Next, impulsivity. I always think about Donald Duck as kind of illustrating what it means to be impulsive. And if you're impulsive, you, it's defined by, you know, you have this inability to wait, you want everything now, you tend to act first and think later. Uh, you're reward seeking, which means that if there is a chance to do something, you typically see the potential positive things of doing this, but you don't see the negative things as well. And finally, you have a hard time delaying gratification. As you see Donald Duck, they're eating as much pie as he can, as quickly as he can. So those would be characteristics of, of being impulsive. And this is something that characterizes people with ADHD. So the interesting thing then about entrepreneurship is that there's high irreducible uncertainty. There's essentially no way of knowing beforehand if this business that you're starting, this concept you're developing, if that's actually going to work, if people are going to buy your product or service, and if you're going to be successful. You can't really know that beforehand. And when you have this situation with high uncertainty, what most people do, you know, most people that are more rational is that they are become anxious and they wait and they collect more information so as to try and reduce uncertainty. Well, this is not what impulsive people do, as I told you before. They have this tendency to charge ahead. And then that might actually be an advantage in entrepreneurship um, as opposed to disadvantage. And finally, life experience. So the first one is that if you have ADHD, you're used to working hard for things that others take for granted. And because of this, you learn tenacity, you learn discipline in order, you need that in order to succeed just you know, in daily life. And you also need to find creative solutions to problems. So that also confuses your creativity. And then another dimension is that 
um, as I mentioned initially, you might have few other career options because jobs are typically not well designed to fit you if you have ADHD. And because you have few other career options, it means that you are dedicated to entrepreneurship and you don't give up when things get tough. If you have other options, it's much easier for you to give up and try something else. You don't have that luxury if you have ADHD. All these aspects culminate into a different professional experience for people with ADHD as they venture into the business world. Two-time Inc. 5000 entrepreneur John Torrance has been diagnosed with the disorder as an adult and has experienced working with ADHD. And here's what he had to say about the difference in approach. Much harder if you work for an organization exactly. and you be there from nine to five. So that is, that's really tough to fit that square peg into that round hole. It could be worth a discussion with your supervisor or an HR manager just to explain the way you're wired. And, you know, I mean, I know now, you know, after the pandemic, work arrangements have shifted a little bit. And I think companies are recognizing that you can get a lot more done. So my own personal experience, <clears throat> there are certain hours of the day that I'm super productive. There's certain hours of the day that I really want to exercise and others that I just don't. And if I honor that natural rhythm, I'm just way more productive than if I try to force myself to do things that I'm just not capable of or ready for or otherwise wired to do at the time. You know? The moderator of this session and member of the Harvard Innovation Lab Venture Incubation Program, Laura Marion, jumped in to explain what her research has shown her when it comes to companies' relationships with employees with ADHD. It depends a lot on the organization. So um, I try to work on some management approaches, how to manage a neurodiverse team. Um, but it really depends a lot on who are you working with, um, what I learned and what I saw a lot um, from people who I talked to is, um, don't be ashamed to use your strengths and don't be ashamed to say, um, I'm better focused if I do it this way. Um, let me go outside, let me uh, create something while walking and um, don't be ashamed of finding your own way in there and your own outcomes. That same advice has been given to students who suffer from the disorder. Group projects have proven to be a point of contention. Torin shares about instances where this has affected a student's progress. I've only become sensitive to it in the past couple of years, right? So, you know, when, you, when you're aware of something, you pay more attention to it. So now that I'm sensitive to this, I, I have, and again, I don't have hard evidence or data, but anecdotally, I can tell you that the, the students who come to me and say they've got ADHD, or more formally, if I get a, an accommodation letter from the Office of Disability Services saying they need accommodations or something, yeah, sometimes these students are occasionally at a disadvantage on certain projects uh, with other students. So, and I know that's really vague, but I have noticed a few times that that happens. And the only, I guess the only um, correlation I could make is if you imagine what you know public education is for, right? Public education system is set up by adults, often for the convenience of those adults. And if you don't fit neatly into those expectations, for example, if you have ADHD and you're neurally diverse, you're going to have a harder time. And I've started to make those connections and notice a little bit among my students, but there's just so much more to observe and to do. Um, so it's hard to say much more about it other than, yes, I do believe that is causing problems for some of my students. 
People with ADHD may seem like they have disadvantages that could be hard to overcome, but Torrance outlines ways this group can find success in this industry. You're going to need some support, right? Whether it's a professor, a mentor, a coach, a peer, a spouse, or some other partner, you know, somebody's going to need to help you with it. Um, so it could be, for a lot, a lot of the students I work with, sometimes all they need is just radical accountability, right? Like we'll sit down and we'll say, okay, this is, this is the goal you have. This is where you want to get in six months. Now let's work backwards. What are the measurable specific actions you have to take to get to that outcome? Okay, now we've got a list of these actions. When are you going to do them? Let's actually put them in your calendar. And then I have to follow up with them. I said, hey, look, you said you were going to make these calls or reach out to this person by this date. Did you do it? And just having that little kick in the pants or knowing that I'm going to be in their inbox, giving them hell for it is sometimes enough just for them to do it, right? Sometimes they just need that push, but it's going to look different for, for everybody. And I think having that accountability partner is really important. That's a start, but sometimes success is still hit or miss when considering the nature of someone with ADHD that was discussed by Wickland to start the podcast. The neurodiversity researcher circles back to this point with Torrance. You know, I, I would think that failure rates probably will be, be higher if you have ADHD and you start by yourself. I think we must think, you know, I think if you have ADHD and you work on a team with people who don't have ADHD, I, I think a lot of th things are gonna change, including the risk of failure. But I think if you work by yourself, because you tend to throw yourself into things without planning that much, I would assume that acting alone, the probability of failure would likely be, be higher, but not, not if you're on a team. Do you, do you share that viewpoint, John? What do you think? Yeah, well, well we know that people with ADHD and entrepreneurship, they, they just, they have more starts, right? They, they, they yeah. take more attempts. So I think the more attempts you take, it's just naturally you're going to have more failures, right? Yeah. So then the question is, well, what do you do with that failure? Do you dust yourself off and move on and learn from it? Or do you really suffer from it, you know, and, and, and have a hard time moving on? Chances are you're able to get past it and you're so excited about the next thing that you forget about the failure and you've learned from it, right? But yeah, like Johan said, it's hard to, you know, to, to cite any systemic evidence for that. Yeah. Great point. I, I completely agree, John. Very well said. What our guests and this webinar have shown us is that it is still possible to be a successful entrepreneur despite any mental obstacles. It's all about working to your strengths and making adjustments. Thank you to our guests for your time and expertise. This has been Syracuse University Talks Business. I'm Jenna Lique. See you next time.